0: 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly
1: rate is $25 per month. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. There's other Josh who's basically fast becoming, uh, he's gunning at, at Jerry's heels, I would say, Chuck, wouldn't you agree?
0: Well, I think at the very least, he's the new Frank the Chair. For sure,
1: he may soon be the new bird, the bobbing bird. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, we're glad Josh is here. He's and we just we're almost up- two inanimate objects. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we just ate up about a third of our time, so let's. we we're, we're gonna have to remove the ending from this one. Okay.
0: Yeah, this one is interesting because I read the original New York Times piece from 1905 or whatever. Ooh la la. Very different than the story we get here in a lot of ways. So oh, I
1: can't wait to. Who read. knows?
0: Let's just. I'll just point out what the New York Times article said compared okay. to what we have in front of us. Do it like a
1: cranky IT guy. When I say <laughs> something, just be
0: like, wrong. Well, who knows? Okay. It is All the right. New York Times, but I don't know what their standards were like in 1905.
1: Uh, I I don't know either. Probably I don't know if they're about peddling like, fake news, back exa- then. <laughs> right? Um, so there's this this article from How Stuff Works that we found um, does a really good job of 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 placing this in in context in the world, and saying that in Sanskrit, the word for coconut is kalpa vrishka which means tree which gives all that is necessary for living, which is a mouthful. I mean, that says a lot about what you're saying about the coconut. You're saying you don't need anything else but this one tree. That's how great this tree is.
0: Yeah, and that's also just a slightly fancier way than saying Webster's defines blank <laughs> a little as bit. blank.
1: A little bit. It's it's definitely fancier for sure. It's, it's got, like, cursive everywhere.
0: But the whole point is that coconuts... Mm, are
1: pretty fun and good to eat and offer a decent
0: amount of nutrition.
1: It is. It turns out, though, that the Sanskrit saying is quite wrong. Like, it's not everything you need. You couldn't just subsist on coconuts. And there was actually a guy who was born in 1875 named August Engelhardt who who basically proved that. Inadvertently, it wasn't his intention to prove that the Sanskrit term was wrong, but um, he actually took it to heart. Um and, and tried to live exclusively on coconuts because he believed that all you needed was coconuts and sunlight and uh ended up living on I don't want to say a deserted island, but certainly a sparsely populated island, um living and dying there to to spoil the ending. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is uh interesting mostly to me because it was uh when it happened. Uh, He was born in 1870. Like, if this happened in the 1970s, it'd be like, sure. Of course. uh, This happens all the time. Right. But this guy was born in 1875 in Germany, and then after college, sort of became, uh, well, there's a lot of debate on whether or not he was mentally ill, but regardless of that, he became very much into the Lebensreform, which is life reform movement. Mm -hmm. Basically, what you would think of these days is like a very uh, 60s hippie American thing. They were doing... I guess, in Germany in the, you know, early 20th century.
1: Yeah, I I took it to be kind of like a prototype for goop. For who? For goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's site. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, that's that's kind of, I mean, like raw <laughs> foods, alternative medicine... There was a lot of crossover between what this guy believed and what you could find on, like, some of the the sites that Goop endorses. And Goop itself, especially if you take into account this book that he wrote, um, it sounds a lot like the advice that Goop offers these days. you got to quit saying Goop. Goop. So, in 1898, he wrote a book
0: uh, called A Carefree Future, Mm -hmm. colon, Mm -hmm. The New Gospel, semicolon. That's rare. Glimpse into the depth and distance for the selection of mankind, comma, comma, for the reflection of all, comma, comma. for consideration <laughs> and stimulation, and he should have just put an exclamation point at the end just to cover all <laughs> the right.
1: spaces. He missed that Oxford comma after consideration though. Uh, but it was a kind of a kooky book. He talked about life, his lifestyle, and what you know he believed his version of the Laban's reform was, and then he also wrote poems about coconuts yeah like mother coconut the coconut spirit how to become a coconut those were titles of some of the poems and tracks that he included in this book and like it's really hard to overstate just how much faith this guy placed in the coconut as the source of not just life but health and um it was based it was based on some somewhat unfounded ideas so it tied in very much with an idea that he had that the sun was the source of all life in the universe and that coconuts grew on coconut palms um, toward the top just like the brain in the human head does. Mm-hmm. And since the brain is closest to the sun, coconuts are closest to the sun, ergo the coconut can care for the brain and everything else you need in life. And... um that was it. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been the
0: end of the, his story had he not had a substantial amount of money. Right. Uh, I was about to say donated, but I guess he inherited it from right. a relative. Yeah. So he had some cash all of a sudden. He bought 185 acres of land on a tiny little island called Kabakan, um off of Papa, what is now uh, known as Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took along 1,200 books, got rid of most of his clothes, and went out there and lived um, by himself. Well, not by himself because there uh, there are indigenous peoples in the area, but he was certainly the only uh, white German there.
1: Right, and his whole jam was that he he had either heard or figured out that that humans had evolved in the subtropics between Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, and that's what we were basically evolved to. That's where we were evolved to be. So the idea of living in, like, a house and driving a car, eventually. I don't know if cars were invented yet, but I'm sure this guy prefigured them. Um, the idea of just basically living in a, a boxy, cubicalized, stuffy life it was a- antithetical of how we were designed by evolution or natural selection, or even God, if that's your bag, right? And so he moved to this island so that he could wander around naked, walking under the sun, eating coconuts, living how this guy genuinely believed humans were meant to live. And uh, from what I can tell, he fully expected to basically be free of all disease and any kind of terrible condition living this way. But that's not the way that it ended up at all. No, because first
0: of all, coconuts—you cannot live on coconut alone. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a lot of good stuff in there. They have good carbs and fat and stuff like that. Sure, uh, but they lack a lot of vitamins, uh, notably B12, B6, uh, A, K, calcium, um, and protein. There's a little bit of protein, about three to three grams or so. Oh, uh, but that's that's not very much protein. So. Uh if you 're going to eat enough coconuts to supply your body, and he was about five foot eight didn 't weigh a lot and weighed increasingly less as yeah, time went on obviously sure. he would have had to have been eating you know between fourteen and eighteen coconuts a day
1: that 's a lot of coconuts, but that's I mean if that 's all you 're doing if you 're wandering around naked on an island reading some books, you got time to eat fourteen to eighteen coconuts a day, so he could have. But it's not clear that he knew he needed to eat that amount, and it's also not clear that he would have responded to that information. So he didn't, and he started to wither away, which, as you said, um, probably would have been the end of the story had this guy actually not managed to convince other people through his book and then through correspondence with them to come join him. And so people started to show up on this island, and we'll talk about what happened after that after this.
0: All right, so this, this is where the New York Times story has diverged already. Okay. Uh, they wrote a, an article, and everyone, if you don't know, that the New York Times has pretty much every article they've ever written uh, scanned online. It's kind of great. Yeah, it's pretty boss. Uh, so there was an article called Failure of a Womanless Eden in the Pacific, Dash, <laughs> A Strange Story from the South Seas.
1: That's a great title.
0: As the New York Times tells it, uh, only two people joined the Son and Cult, The Order of the Sun cult. Um, this article that we have says, and I'm inclined to go with ours because, you know, investigative journalism has gotten better since 1905. Well, yeah. Um, but the New York Times said a boat showed up in the end that he was thought was going to be uh, full of like 20 people and there was only two guys. Uh, the rest of the people got word that the island was full of cannibals mm-hmm. and decided not to show up, which – if that's wrong, it sounds like it was completely made up by the uh, by the writer, because our thing says that about fifteen people showed up mm-hmm. uh, and s- took their clothes off and were basically like, "Let's do this." Um, they did agree on the two two dudes though. Uh, one one guy's name was uh, Heinrich Eukens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was twenty four years old. He was a vegetarian, and he was way down with this. Uh, and the other was a very famous person, actually, um, or at least medium famous in, in Germany. At the time. <laughs> um, that's a lot of qualifiers. Uh, <laughs> his name was Max Lutzow, and he was a concert pianist and eventually conductor of the Lutzow Orchestra
1: in Berlin. Right. So so Jukins and Lutzow basically showed up, from what I understand, and said, we're here, um, We're we're very enthusiastic for this, let's eat some coconuts. They took their clothes off, they started to live this way. Um, but there were two big problems. For, for, um, it was that he, his body did not take to this diet, despite, from what I understand, being a vegetarian, if not a vegan, ahead of time, right? Still, the coconuts got him. Maybe he had an allergy. Maybe he got too much sun. Who knows? But he died. This article from House Stuff Works puts it: he dropped dead within weeks of showing up and starting this this coconut subsistence. New York That's, Times confirms that. Okay, good. All right. So we've got a fact. We've we've unearthed the fact here. It's double double sourced. Um, unless our How Stuff Works article used that New York Times as a source. Right. <laughs> That's how facts get generated. And then the other guy, Lutzow, the, the conductor, he was doing fine, and apparently he got along with um, August Engelhart, the leader of this cult. But um, he also they had they had varying tastes in music, and that actually created a bit of tension between the two.
0: Yeah, apparently Lutzow, or I'm sorry, Engelhart, hated Butset. I think <laughs> Lutzow loved Batset. And it says that Lutzow brought his music collection. The only thing I can figure is that he brought over, he was a violinist as well, that he brought a violin. I don't know. He could have brought like one of those cranky gramophones.
1: Maybe. You know? Or maybe a, a bird with a beak like Flintstone style. Or maybe a, a person dressed like a bird who could take direction really well.
0: Yeah, maybe he did bring records. Uh, a bird I mean, August Engelhart brought... Twelve hundred books. He could yeah. certainly bring a, a crank up record player. Sure. So maybe that's what happened. But they, they got the way the New York Times described it is they started getting into arguments about music, uh, and because it was just the two of them, according to that article, it you know it's going to get a little crazy after a while. Right. And Lutzow was like, I don't want to spend the night hit next to you tonight. Um. And he applied for permission supposedly with Inglehart to go spend the night on a, uh, a missionary boat uh, that was nearby um, mm-hmm. at one of the other. There was a bunch of islands around. Mm-hmm. And I guess Englehart granted him this. He went on board this boat. He spent the night. Uh, he would refuse to eat any of the food that they had. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a storm that prevented him from getting back to his coconut paradise, and he died.
1: Yes, he died. And if there were—so if two people showed up, 100% of the visitors died— <laughs> but even if there were more in this House Stuff Works article is right because this guy carried this guy uh, August Engelhart he carried on even after these two deaths mm-hmm. um for more than a decade beyond that that New York Times article so maybe more people showed up afterward and that accounts for the discrepancy but as this House Stuff Works article tells it um more people showed up more people died from things like dehydration heat stroke um, And then this one, this is tough to swallow. If it is true, yeah. then there is a creator God who does take pleasure in, in, in messing with us. But somebody died from being hit by a coconut. <laughs> somebody in the coconut-worshipping cult died from being killed by—or died from a coconut injury. Which happens. Sure, it does. It does. But, I mean— <laughs> Imagine traveling from Germany in the 19th century, early 20th century, showing up to eat nothing but coconuts and then dying because a coconut hit you on the head. Pretty ironic. It is pretty ironic. So um, August Engelhart himself died too, but he hung on for a really long time considering he had the true grit of somebody who really would have just eating, eaten coconuts from what I can tell.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some pictures, some rare photos at the time from people who, uh, I guess, were nearby, and mm-hmm. he he looked awful. He looked like you would expect someone to look. Sure. Uh, they describe him as a bearded bag of bones. Uh, there were lesions on his body. It was clear that he was suffering from severe malnutrition. Uh, as the New York <laughs> Times tells it, he uh, eventually was uh, one of these missionary boats, came and got him and literally wrestled him onto a boat, where he fought them physically as best he could while they tried to care for him. It's probably not not much. No, until he jumped off the boat to swim back to the island where he died. Uh, According to our article, and perhaps further, you know, more accurate research, he he did go on that boat. He was kind of nursed back to Mm semi-health and then left again, went back to the island, um, survived until 1914, and then, because of World War I, he was captured as a prisoner of war, Right, released from camp when they realized he was mentally ill. They're like, wait, what is this about coconuts you're saying? <laughs> uh, and he carried on apparently until 1919. Okay, he, all right. When he died at the age of 44, weighing less than 70 pounds.
1: So, this guy did this for like maybe 20, 20 years ish. Yeah, I mean, uh, 18 years. That's impressive, man. Hats off to this guy for that level of commitment. (laughs) So that's the story of August Englehart. You can learn more about him on How Stuff Works. They wrote this article. Uh, I also want to just throw my two cents in and say I would put pretty decent money on the idea that Englehart spent at least a significant amount of time married to a coconut on that island. Probably so. Uh, Well, with that, everyone, we bid you adieu from Short Stuff.